Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a DLF podcast. This week we are sponsored by No House Advantage. I actually have a read to do in the middle of this episode. And as if the conversation enough... Wait. If the conversation I'm about to have wasn't enough to keep you glued to your... Whatever you're listening to a podcast on right now... um. Then you also have the horror of me trying to do a read for a sponsor somewhere dropped in the middle of this episode. That's exciting, right? you got to be looking forward to that. I actually would stay tuned for that. Anyway, this week I was lucky enough to get to talk to Matt Price, one of the founding members, the, 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 the fathers of DLF. He's been in the game so long he's gotten bored and just started making up new things to do in his league which I thought was really interesting while talking to him. Um, He's known for being uh, very sharp on value and very good at trading. And so mostly talked about how to try and take advantage of those things in a dynasty league in general. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and me trying to do a read. It was different. It wasn't so bad. It was interesting. Let me know what you think. Thanks very much. And uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Um, so Matt, who are you and what do you do? Hey Peter, uh long time listener, first time I think by first I think this is the first time we've been on a podcast together, so good to I see your so, face. Yeah. And uh <laughs> um yeah, I'm Matt Price. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Price FF. Um uh, you might know me as just as well for fantasy stuff as you do for zookeeping and animal stuff. That's, I don't know. It's kind of my hashtag brand. I don't know if it's a good one or not, but people seem to like animals. So um, we do that on there. Um, I, I don't really have a weekly article series right now, and I've, I haven't written a lot recently, to be honest with you. I used to write the um, the mailbag. I used to write the trading post, but, you know, Peter, ever since I started podcasting, it's been a little bit more difficult <laughs> for me to sit down <laughs> yeah. and and, right. and put, I guess, put keys, put fingers to keys, so to speak, uh, for for writing. So I don't have anything that I'm working on um, in terms of writing. But I do the DLF Dynasty podcast, of course, with Ryan McDowell and Dan Myler. I do the Dynasty Game Night podcast with John Bosch, Rocky Petrella, and Russ Fisher. And uh, yeah, you know, I jump on podcasts every now and again and talk about about stuff sometimes so that's what i'm here today for yes sir um yeah the dlf po- main dlf podcast is a big deal though um kind of like john like good stuff to know when you try and pay attention but you can't find him anywhere consistently either <laughs> other than a few <laughs> podcasts that he does right i do remember you did a podcast with uh bobby bobby Koch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote me and was like, hey, do you want to do like a zookeeper slash fantasy podcast? And we're going to call it Zuperflex. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, but uh, I remember yeah, that the to... uh, animal of the week or something. It was fun. It was yeah, we did an animal like of the week <laughs> charities, that kind of stuff. Um, I also did uh, another kind of silly thing. We didn't do it this year. Nobody they didn't reach out to me. I probably should have. It's probably my fault, too. But Dynasty Happy Hour, they do like a an animal I don't think the animal composite where like we, we drafted the current rookie class and then we compared them all to animals kind of silly, but, but also fun. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I hear Bobby's podcasting again. He did not tell yeah, me. Yeah, he's back. So in I feel the a little bit. I feel like I feel like I feel a little bit cheated on. I'm not gonna lie. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know uh, where to start on this one, Matt. You you've been in the game long enough, and you're incredibly good at trading. I know that much. Everyone I know, uh, if I didn't know you, always rec- says that you don't get out traded, and you know your value very well. Um. It, even like John Bosch and Outhouse do a lot for that. Um, so I don't really know where to start. Is that the primary way you play Dynasty? You're looking for productive struggle. You're looking for value and to add young players to your roster. You know, uh, my the way I play Dynasty has changed a lot. I've been playing it for since 1996, I believe. So you tell me however many years that is, more than 25. Yeah, that's a long time. Um, and, you know, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, even like maybe the later parts of the single digits 2000s, it was pretty easy to have an edge on people in terms of, you know, youth and rookies and and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I was very much a win now player. And I think that's kind of still where my my heart goes. But my brain now knows that it's often better to suck it up that first year, draft young receivers and things like that that are going to make a team that's going to be very good for a, a long period of time rather than just win the first year or two uh, and then have to completely rebuild, which that still is in my wheelhouse. Don't get me wrong. The first two, two seasons of Trade Addicts 8, uh, Russ Fitcher runs those leagues. Um, I was in the finals yeah. the first two I, years. I'm in but, one of those. Oh, okay. Uh, took second both years and it was time to blow it up. So this year I have, I've stripped it down to almost nothing. Um, the league that I'm in with you, Peter, the DLF Family Squabble League. Um, I don't really know what I'm doing with that team, honestly. I'm kind of playing around. I like to, what I really like to do with when I join new leagues is put myself in different positions that I'm not used to being in. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, put create different puzzles that that I haven't experienced before. Like in that particular league, now I'm just trying to acquire as many picks and wide receivers as I can, which I know is not very very foreign concept to you and most of the listeners i'm sure <laughs> but for me like for me a win now, a traditionally win now player that's not something i i usually do like i'm usually coming out of the gate the first year um and i still kind of think it's true that the first year is is maybe the easiest to win because we do have so many players now you know implementing those productive struggle so you're already taking out maybe a third of the league that are not playing for that that first year um, so that's really hard to to beat out of my system and, and trying something new. But whenever I do try a new league, I like to try different strategies and superflex uh, startups. Sometimes I'll go crazy and not take any quarterbacks early. Other times I just want to build completely around quarterbacks. So really for me, it's about figuring out the different puzzles um, that can present itself in the dynasty format because there are so many different ones that you have to figure out to really be uh, successful long term in this game. No, that's awesome. Yeah, you've been playing so well and been good so long. You're getting bored and just giving yourself yeah. challenges. I get yeah. it. I get. I get the <laughs> subtle flex in that. Uh, no, um, no, I actually have some more immediate questions. Normally, yeah. I'd go on to something more about your process, but something that you know, I, I'm, I'm I basically just live on Twitter. All my thoughts are on Twitter, and that's where all my thoughts come from. And some things that have occurred to me lately, I saw Adam Hansted. Um, who, who I'm a big fan of. Oh, he's so smart, um, so sharp. Yeah, annoyingly smart. It's annoying. No, just so but yeah. <laughs> you got you got to follow the smart people when you're not smart, and so I do. And um, 
something he said is that there was a wealth of young wide receivers. Now, I've heard that a lot before. There are so wide receivers so deep, and I normally think of it as a fallacy. But it it, it like collided with a few of my own thoughts lately. Of, but I was wondering um, if you if you had had any similar thoughts lately, like with Devonte Smith finally going off this week but struggling for the first few weeks, a lot of people might have faded on him because they forget that players have proven to be good already. Yeah, I mean, people people like to say that. I mean, I heard it in SFB, I don't know how many times, Peter, from my <laughs> from from the from the group chats like, "Oh, don't don't go wide receiver heavy. Uh, it doesn't work right, for right, the scoring right. system and whatever." But I just find that I really like my teams recently a lot more when um, you, you, you go heavy at the beginning because yes, you can say it's deep, deeper than a position like running back, but in most cases you're starting two or sometimes three times the number of receivers you are running back. So you're wide receiver six. You want to be somebody that's actually producing, not somebody who is necessarily a prospect, right? Like if you want to go, right. I mean, I mean, look, just going down like the, the ADP, the wide receiver ADP, like. How many? How how deep do you go of these guys that you want to start on a weekly basis? Um, I mean, do we want to start trail on Burks right now? I mean, I some some in some places I probably do, but not in not in places where I'm, I think I'm I'm probably a, a super strong contender. I mean, I just I, I just I just don't necessarily think it's as deep as we think, at least in terms of uh, receivers that are currently productive. If if we want to be starting. You know, it, looking at a standard league where if you start three and have several flex, most of the leagues I play in now are are the are the kind where you have you have to start one of each position, but then the rest of them can be flexes up to so you have four get four you know positions that you have to start, and then you can start up to six wide receivers. Um, so I don't know. I I, I I agree with you and, and and I agree with 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 Adam in some regards, but I'm not sure that all of these the the, the depth of the receiver position. Uh, includes players that we necessarily want to be starting right now. Sky Moore is wide receiver 36 and ADP. We certainly don't want to be starting him right now. So, um, no, um, I agree. And that's the way everyone's lent. Like it's deep, but there's really only 24 you want to start. I mean, there's only top 12, top 12 wide receivers, no matter what the year is. Um, and yet there is well, something about the number of underproductive, yet we know or we think we know they're good wide receivers. Yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. We've had a lot of good classes the last two, three, four years. Um, so they're they're all yeah. all right there. But I, I, I just would rather I know people say start with running back because they're safer, but you know, maybe from a production standpoint, but from a health standpoint, I mean I just we, we all know that running backs get injured. This is not not something new we're talking about here. But if you get similar production from those wide receivers at the top, why take the risk with those those running backs, you know? Yeah, definitely, especially since they tend to have a longer value arc and even a longer career arc, marginally at least. Um, yeah, I, like, I just like think right it's now, interesting. like right now, Peter, is there outside of maybe, maybe Taylor and Swift, or is there any running back that you're even considering in the first round? Like I see Harris no. going the first round all the time. I see CMC, who I absolutely love. Uh, and he's, he's the kind of, you know, I, I like to get players that have multiple paths to production. So with running backs, obviously, they want the receiving backs. With receivers, it's a little bit hard. You want the Debo types that are going to get some carries. With quarterbacks, you want the rushing the rushing type, right? So these players that offer multiple streams of production are, 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 are extremely valuable. 
Um, yeah, and they seem to be becoming a little more common. Not not common. It's not the new archetype. But Curtis right. Samuel's putting up. He, he's mm-hmm. probably going to finish in the top twenty-four through yeah. the first three weeks. It looks like that's sustainable, and he's got a little bit of that. Um, what do we call it? Hybrid nature to his usage as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just some other like. I, I just think if you're going to be prospecting for players that can hit that you're not currently starting, some of these younger, young running, running backs like can also hit and you're not spending those first, second, third round draft capitals to get them, you know, players like that have been completely forgotten, like Isaiah Spiller, you know, I, I still yeah, have yep. hope for him, obviously not an athletic Marvel, um, but to <laughs> me still probably the best second running back on an explosive offense and somebody who is completely off the radar of, of almost anyone right now, I would say. Um, I, I'd agree in terms of depth. I think Rashad White. Um, oh he's yeah, even getting that, a little bit more. We could talk it, about that one. I did. I know I didn't yeah. counter your offer for him <laughs> a couple. Of no, weeks no, ago. no, it's fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> I just he's um, somebody who I think is a complete hold. Like I just I don't want to move him. No, you know? completely on board with it. That's, that's the problem with playing leagues that uh, people think like you or know what you know. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like ah yeah. That's that guy's unmovable for right now, um, like Khalil Herbert. But now David He's Montgomery apparently is a running back hurt, one now. So. so yeah, yeah. Um, it does segue nicely into my next se- like uh, something John was saying. Uh, John Bosch he always rants about how there's no buy low or sell high, especially if value's not included. And I understand what he means, but and right now when I was looking at the roster it's like deandre swift is young he's good and like you said there are very few good running backs that we want in the early first rounds of dynasty right now and swift is probably still on that list because he is good we've seen him be good the start of the season was rough and jamal williams seems to be doing an admiral job even when he's on the field but and he's probably going to still hold that value i honestly think the running back one next year is probably a rookie swift is he someone to you that you would hold strongly and hope? I, I, if I'm, I think I differ from Bosch a little bit there. I understand what he's saying, but if, if I'm in a window, then I want the running backs on my team. You know, I, like oh. you, you need those young running backs to win and maybe he misses three weeks and you don't get that production. But the way I look at the, these running backs are, you know, and especially in this extended season is that, I, when they're they're all going to miss time, no matter pick one, it doesn't matter. All of them are going to miss time. People were all about Chris, not taking Christian McCaffrey uh, right. number one over Taylor this year because he's obviously going to get hurt. But I really don't think he's any more likely to get hurt, and maybe less likely in some regards to get hurt than a lot of the players um, that 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 players that that dynasty managers like to take. So with DeAndre Swift, he's a he's he's like. I, I view him kind of like McCaffrey light. He's going to get the receptions. He's going to have those multiple paths to production. And if I am a strong competing team, um, I'm probably going to keep him. I'm not going to like, I mean, you need to start a running back, presumably, unless it's one of these leagues where you have zero required starters, which are becoming more and more popular. Um, so you need, you need the running back. So if you are a strong competing team, you need them. And are you going to flip Swift for, I don't know. Are you going to flip Swift for Chubb just because he's the current running back one? I really don't think so. Are you going to flip Swift for for Joe Mixon because he's in a great offense and and I guess he hasn't really been producing so far this season, but the workload has been incredible. And I just don't think you're going to be able to move a player like that. Maybe you, you probably, I mean, you tell me, Peter, what you think. I, I, I don't think you could even get Saquon right now for for swift with with him out on the way Barkley has been playing. So I just don't know what you're doing. If, if you don't need to fill that spot, 
then sure, trade them for a wide receiver of equivalent value, something like that. But I'm not going to, if I'm in a competing window, I'm not going to move him just because he hurt his shoulder. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. You just switch positions if you want to trade for trade him anyway. Yeah. It's not running back for running back. I think it is an interesting conversation. If you're trying to win right now, you can get Chubb. If you can get Chubb and something for Swift, it's an interesting move to try and win right now because sure. Chubb's putting up that top 12 value. We know he's good. And his value is probably, he's definitely on the value cliff, if not, if you don't believe in the age cliff. Right. And just because dynasty players are going to look at these rookies and look like last four years, the running back positions declined in points per game. We've had, and then we're going to come into a class that's been hyped up as much as the 21 class or the 2017 class was. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of them are going to take up a lot of those high price spots in dynasty for what we expect. Running back production doesn't seem a matter of era. We're always projecting like, running backs are dead or running backs are robusting. They're going to take over the league again. <laughs> it seems to be a matter of cycle of running backs. Like the 217, the 2017 class still has a couple more years. I was going to say, yeah, I think you're right. It does go come in cycles. And if the 23 class isn't what we think it's going to be, then we're going to be like in the, remember like the 2015, 2016 time range where there was not a single, single running back that you wanted. We were taking shots on. You know, like CJ Spiller, we're like, he's going to be the next big thing, you know, like, so we need that influx of talent because, you know, looking through the top 24 running backs, there are not, there are not 24 running backs in the top 24 that you want to, maybe even the 36 that I even want to invest in. Um, And so, yeah, I I just find myself on a strong hold and build unless, and if I'm actively competing, I'm trading recklessly for points, (laughs) if you know what I mean, because I'm scared of what the next era can bring. Um, well, and when you're when you're in that competing window, you need because like we you've seen with DeAndre Swift, those guys are going to get hurt, and then all of a sudden you're not competing. Right? So, though, this is again not not new new information, but running back is the last piece you add, and when you're ready to add them, you go after four, five, six of them. Uh, right. You know, they don't all ha- all have to be top ten guys. You don't want to blow up your roster necessarily to go invest completely in running back but that's the that's the window when you need to start adding those guys and you can value shop you know like i don't have to go after deandre swift i can go after aaron jones and yes he's probably not going to have three more years of of great production like swift likely will have but that's not that you're not playing for three years from now at that point you're playing for this year so Yep. When you get to that point, you that's when you get these 2017 class running backs, I think, that are still that are about to age out, but are still going to be productive for for championship teams. But yeah, I do. I do want to ask you about CD Lamb and Kyle Pitts. And I want to mm-hmm. ask you about who's popping off for you right now. Like if you're trying to win, who are you trying to trade for? And the opposite, actually. Those are the three things I want to make sure I get to today. But before I ask Matt about that, comes the horror of me trying to do a live read. That's right. No House Advantage is sponsoring the podcast today. And so I'm going to tell you about them. Basically, that's not that's not part of what I meant to say. But But here we are. No House Advantage is trying to change the game in daily fantasy sports. Uh, by offering one of the most dynamic fantasy sports platforms today. You can download the app, choose a contest, select a player prop, and earn points for correct picks. You can also climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money, or you can have a shot at winning over $250,000 in cash simply by playing pick'em contests versus other people. Or you can test your skills versus a house to 20x your money if you get all your picks right. You can bet on up to five player props over and unders at a time 
or individual player matchups across every major sports platform from the NFL to the NBA to PGA, which is the golf one, I found out, the MMA or NASCAR. Sign up with a promo code DLF at No House Advantage and get an initial deposit match up to $25 because it's not just how you play, it's where you play. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk to Matt some more. I, I think it's smart to target the sophomore and beyond. Um, like, I'm somewhat tempted to say, you know, David Bell and Traylon Burks and, and Trey yeah. McBride, three players, uh, even Jalen Talbot, that I like deeper in this draft, who haven't done a lot yet, but you don't expect a lot. But I think if you go to the sophomores, you have much more of a history to plant your feet on, if you know what I mean. So I think Elijah Moore is a good way of going about it. My Kyle Pitts is good now again. He had a good game finally, so he's worth three first. I know you're some one of the people who highlighted and have been targeting Kyle Pitts in leagues. How are you feeling right now? And um, probably a lot better, a lot worse, or have you remained stagnantly the same throughout all of it? I feel like I'm about the same. Um, we, I talked about this about the DL, DLF Dynasty podcast. I've I felt like as soon as basically the schedule came out that Pitts was going to struggle the first two weeks, they came in and played the saints with Marcus Lattimore draped all over him. Um, and you know, part of the, part of the thing that we love about Pitts is that he's a wide receiver playing tight end. I don't necessarily think that's an argument. Right. Um, you know, he has been getting more inline blocking snaps a little bit this season, which is a little bit frustrating, but for the most part, you don't see tight ends on the outside running, uh, you know, you know, 50 yards down the field. Like that's just not something that, 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 that tight ends generally do, but pits, you do get those kind of high leverage targets. Unfortunately, we don't necessarily have the quarterback right now that can t- to deliver the ball, but he offers something that no other tight end does. And um, part of the thing that comes with that is, is that he's going to draw those coverage from the, the elite cornerbacks and league. He's going to take those number one coverage. We, we think Drake Logan is very good. So hopefully that's going to shift at some point. But right now, Marcus Lattimore, double teams week one, week two, Jalen Ramsey, double team basically the entire game. Um, and then week three, we finally saw him be able to right. you know play against a softer defense and didn't have a fantastic game, but um, you know something that I think we can at least uh, plant our, our flags on, so to speak. And the guy is 21 and he hasn't turned 22 yet. October. He's going to first week of October, I think. So, yeah. So, like in eight years, in 2031, we're still going to be talking about Kyle. I mean, assuming he continues the trajectory that we think he's going to continue. Um, You know, he's he's going to be like the Jared Cook, but hopefully much more productive earlier in his career. So, um, yeah, I'm still on pits. I'm still buying pits. I've made a lot of trades that look pretty bad for pits, honestly. Um, In Squabble League, uh... I, I moved. Yeah. way too much to get him uh so you know uh but he's one of those players that for me like that's a position that i really feel like gives you an edge in fantasy football because i mean running backs kind of becoming that way but we have right now we have kelsey and andrews for this season that's that's kind of it mm-hmm. in, in terms of like players that we can Zach count on week to week well. and i think well Zach Ertz is okay but you know he's going to catch the ball and fall down so i mean from a from a target and uh, you know, I guess floor kind of play. I think you can. I think you can hang your hat on that. But I don't think he's going to give you those kind of weak winning plays by himself. No, that's fair. And um, do you find yourself waiting that in? By the way, I was thinking again about John talking about how Najee Harris doesn't have the quarterback 
we need or would like or even would be okay with um, right now. Do you ever find yourself adjusting more term or long term for that kind of thing? Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's why we in general prefer talent over situation and dynasty. But I do think that that is maybe situation is, is, is the wrong word. Maybe we should talking about fit, you know, how it fits in with the, the offense. And obviously that changes right. too. Um, but if you fit with a certain offense uh, and you do really well, but the team is bad and they change systems or whatever, you've already demonstrated that you're very good. So they're probably going to let you continue doing the things that you have shown that you're very good at. So I think situation kind of, it fades a little bit. The longer a player has shown that they're, they're really good. If that makes any sense at all, if I'm making any sense, I don't know. Um, right. So I think we do consider situation yeah, like, <laughs> but, but talent is, is talent. And eventually you hope it rises to the top. I do have actually, I'm, I'm one player I wanted to talk to you about. You're good. DJ Moore, good, but their situation presumably are going to get better, but they might not be better get better for two years, right? So, if DJ Moore, if this is a lost season for him, you know, hopefully he's going to come back and have his 1,100 yards like he always does. Um, but if for some reason this is a lost season, and then next year they have a rookie in there or another terrible veteran, hopefully a much better coach and and coaching staff and play caller and all that kind of stuff that could also be a dead season and now we're talking about 27 year old dj Moore, and now we don't want him in dynasty anymore because he's too old uh which is not the case at 27 years old like the prime production window i think i think it still is peter you tell me um is it still 26 to 20 27 28 ish is kind of like the prime production years for wide receivers so those two like that's that's something i've been thinking about lately is what to do with players like dj Moore and dk metcalf who we know are very good and and, but are in bad situations but the situation is so bad that it might not change for a couple of years and that by that time the value has dropped already maybe you just sell now and buy back when that when the situation gets better i don't know i I think that's interesting i think sometimes we can play the market uh we can think about the market so much we forget we play in a league, right? It's not easy <laughs> to trade back for players unless you have a very active league and you've got Russ Fisher and you can constantly trade back and forth. Um, and it's also some I've become increasingly conscious of while talking about or trying to make content. Like you can't often trade away and then trade back in micro markets. You really have to have a strong take, I think. Uh, about what the future is going to be in order to profit off a micro market trend. Um, yeah, DJ Moore is going to be in the prime top 12 season. The, the thing about DJ Moore is he didn't hit top 12 by his third career year. And I tend to think that the ceiling for it really shows itself in those first three years. Not always, but mostly. But he's now entering like a veteran team all guy window. Like, especially yeah. this season, like, I don't think he's ranked inside the top. 70 wide receivers and points per game this year, there's probably going to be a diminishing of his value. So it might put him back in somewhere where I'd be interested in trading for him. But, you know, I, I'm not putting too much stock in the season with Baker Mayfield because he killed Jarvis Landry, so he can kill everyone. It's not, it's not like that's what he does. He kills hopes and dreams of wide receivers. CD Lamb was someone else I want to ask you about. His volume yeah. is top 12 level, which was what a lot of people said he couldn't do. But yet this week was a, and it was an okay. It was finally a good game, but still bad. And um, I think the volume eventually pays off. And Dak Prescott's going to be back, even though apparently Dallas fans, even though Dallas fans may have written him off, I think they're foolhardy to do so if they have. Like, th- did you hear? Uh, sorry. Uh, do you, so you, you're saying you want to trade for CD Lamb? 
Yeah, yeah, especially if I'm looking for points because C.D. Lamb's got a value floor, I think, as a young wide receiver, and his volume really shouldn't pay off this year. Yeah, I, 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 at least in my leagues. I mean, I haven't sent any offers for him recently, but I feel I feel like we have like there's we're still hanging on to that volume. I don't know if his value is necessarily decreased to the point where I want to like like what's your price for him? Like, I think I would pay two firsts, but anything above that, like I think that's probably... my where I'm at. Yeah, okay. exactly. But but what else can I get for those two firsts? You know, can I can I can I get AJ Brown for two firsts off of? You know, not a not a disappointing week one, week two and three, but you know, not as good as week one. So I don't know. I I I I I, I think I I like your I like your hypothesis that it's good to go trade for Lamb right now while he is is generally perceived a little bit um, lower in value. And if and and so, you know, sometimes what I like to say, Peter, is that the discount is not necessarily that you're going to get him cheaper than you did before, but now he's available. You may not be getting a discount, but at least now you can trade for him. So I, I, I like going after Lamb right now, assuming you think Dak is going to come back and be the Dak of old. If, if, if you think that Dak is not going to come back and be the Dak that we've, we've known and love and that, I mean, Cooper Rush has been pretty good <laughs> last week, which is something I never would. Good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Enough to support Sorry. Fort Lamb anyway. So, um, that's um, that's what I always ask when someone asks me for trade advice. Should I trade? Should I go after this player for a first? I always say, yeah. I mean, that's I think that's fair. But could you? What else could you get? You know, like I feel like people get stuck on that one offer and not consider yeah. what else they could do with the capital that they're trying to spend. I, I definitely think that's a weakness. Like I, I go the other way on it too. When I see a trade offer, I end up thinking about all the multitude of trades that could happen instead. It's it's hard to. Um, that Do you... question for what in your league is really important. I don't always have my head around it. All right. Uh, because I have to go find my internet provider in a minute. Um, let me ask, is there, are the players standing out to you right now? If you want to win or if you're looking to build um, that you might target or players that if they're on your roster, I think is often a better way of thinking about it. You want to do something with them in those two different situations. Like Cordero Patterson stands out to me as someone who's got very little dynasty value. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm looking for, I think, I think you're right on Patterson, but I would like to see uh, some more receptions from him. You know, I think oh, that'd be nice. four, four catches on the, on the year, which <laughs> is not something that necessarily yeah, it was the opposite expected. last year. He was, Another player that I'm I'm not, I'm probably not believing in, right? I, sorry, I'm going negative first. We'll talk about the other way uh, next. But Go for some it. Other players, I love negativity. Not... <laughs> All about it. <laughs> We're gonna get along great then. I... <laughs> um, p- players that have been, especially we've been, we've been kind of talking about. I guess we've been talking about wide receivers too. But looking at the running back position, because I always feel like those are the players. Like if I'm gonna make a trade for. Um, a player on a win now team, it's usually going to be uh, from the running back position. So players right. like James Robinson right now, who mm-hmm. I, th- I believe is the running back three overall right now in, in, in PPR leagues. Yeah. But if you look at some of the peripheral numbers, and, and this is not my numbers, I heard this on one of, on JJ's podcast today, mm-hmm. on uh, two, two or fewer yards on 62.7% of carries. So he's had these massive, like he had that 51-yard I think run, I believe, last week. Um, uh, but, but he's dead last. Uh, uh, sorry, he's dead last in that number. So he has, uh, uh, by, by tw- for all running backs that have 20-plus carries, 
he is dead last in terms of players that have gotten two or fewer yards on on those carries. Um, so, and so the flip side of that is that ETN, Travis ETN was, you know, the darling coming into the season. We're betting against the Achilles and we're almost always right when we bet against the Achilles. Um, but Robinson, of course, proved us wrong. So ETN has kind of fallen to the wayside. I think he was up to running back 13 at one point. I'm curious to see what happens to his uh, his draft position and these October mocks that have just started. So if I can, can I move James Robinson straight up for ETN right now? I feel like I could probably do that. Then I'm getting the pass catching back. I'm, I'm getting a little bit younger. I'm getting a, a more explosive athlete that doesn't have this Achilles kind of hanging over him. And, and while Robinson has looked really yeah. good on, yeah, it has looked really good on, you know, on, on a limited, like one or two carries, basically a game, I believe, and has made pay dirt on that. I think he has, what is he, four touchdowns, four or five touchdowns right now. So that's that's propping up his value a little bit. So if they could make that swap, that is something I would be looking to do. Um, at the wide receiver position, I mentioned Devontae Smith already. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I, I would like to go after, man, I would really like to go value shopping for George Pickens because, again, I think the peripherals are there. He's basically running 95 to 100% of routes every every week, but the quarterback is clearly an issue. We saw the amazing catch um, last mm-hmm. Thursday night, whatever it was. So I think that I don't Alex think I can ever there. unsee that catch. Oh, my honest. gosh. <laughs> and the, was... the, the shame, <laughs> the, the shame is that it's probably I mean, it's I mean, it's different than the OBJ catch, right? Because it wasn't for a touchdown. It wasn't an important spot, all that kind of stuff. So it might fade to the wayside yeah. a little bit. But we have to remember things like that. So these these rookies that are disappointing a little bit, maybe you can throw Sky Moore into that. Um, it's really weird. I, what do you make of that situation, Peter? Because New Orleans. In, a, in, a, in, a, in a high-powered <laughs> offense where like nobody is good, MVS is clearly not good. Uh, Juju, I, I wish he yeah. was so good, but why can't Sky Moore get on the field? Uh, I think that offense is really spread. Um, I'm, I'm suffering Juju blues again for like the third season in a <laughs> row, so I'm a little biased. And Juju's still the wide receiver one there. Um, Skymore, I liked a lot, but he's coming from a team that has fooled me once or twice. So I had a little asterisk on him uh, and it put him below people like Pickens and Alave and um, Wilson for me. So that seems to have worked out well, but it also made me question him over David Bell as well. So yeah, I I mean, we're on a strong hold pan. With rookies, I'm really not going to make too many rash decisions I think if you're value shopping at running back that, I mean, assuming you want to compete this year, uh, you mentioned Kamara earlier. I like that one as a potential play. I mean, all, again, all Mm -hmm. the peripherals are there. He's getting, you know, by and large, the majority of of the snaps, the carries, the, his, 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 um, he's top 12 in expected points percentage, for example. And his target target percentage is right around, I think 15%, 12 to 15%, something like that. So it's right in line with his career average. Um, so I, I just think we're we're waiting a little bit for that protection to come and, and, and playing playing it we're playing in windows right. Um, so Elijah Mitchell hurt right now, but I think clearly the best back there. And you know maybe you get maybe you only get eight get to start him eight times the rest of the year, whatever it is. But the the weeks that he's the clearly the guy, I think he's going to be um, you know worth probably what the second round pick that he costs right now late second round pick if you're a contender obviously right the the volume is going to be there i think in cleveland the entire season so kareem hunt uh he, mm-hmm. people think of him as a running back too but you know he pre- i think he's the running back nine on the season so he can produce like a r- running back one 
Michael Carter, I think, is still very good despite Brees Hall being there. And I think it's clear that they still want to use him. The first week, I think, was a little bit different where Brees Hall got more targets. But since then, Carter has has out-targeted Hall. So, again, those multiple streams of production. Yeah. Jamal Williams, super cheap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Jamal out, Williams, you know? especially with Swift being out for a few weeks. Um, yeah. What about McKinnon? Clyde is an interesting one, too. I was going to say, well, I was going to mention Clyde Edwards-Solaire as one that he is he is putting up the points finally, but I'm not necessarily sure. I think he got out-snapped by, by Jarek McKinnon last week. He's probably not going to finish top five, but I think there's still value there. It's weird. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, absolutely. One, but that, but I, if you could get a first for him right now, I'm doing that all day. Like off oh, of yeah. this yeah, yeah, but yeah. early season production, you know? Yeah. Run, run, running back that's about points easily trade for a first right yeah that's dynasty what about, way what about miles sanders because this philly offense looks incredible uh yeah everybody hates miles sanders he's he but he's dominating the workload there in philly philly right now you know not a great week three but prior to that uh the first two weeks was was playing well and uh i i think i read that the eagles have the easiest on on, on paper the easiest strength of schedule the rest of the way so he's somebody who I'd be interested in in acquiring, especially on a win now team. Yeah, he's a top twenty-four running back that everyone wants to forget it's about. Replaceable. <laughs> At least, um, but I don't hate it. One that sticks out to me, actually, although we've mentioned way too many names at this point, but it really is about <laughs> what can you get in your league. Yeah. Um, like neither of us mentioned Antonio Gibson. Are we both scared of Brian Robinson, or is it just no one wants to admit that like he's top 13 in his overall value of his touches expected point percentage he's in the top 12 in points per game like it looks real he's somebody that man i was defending i felt like i was defending uh um antonio gibson to the my co-host on dlf podcast um <laughs> just like it's just like a guy who has had over started his season started his career with 2000 yard you know total yards from scrimmage uh, I believe he had double digit touchdowns last year. Like, and we're just burying this guy for a day two rookie who by all accounts, like, yes, he has a three down uh, kind of profile. I don't necessarily think he's a receiver. I wouldn't call him a receiving right, back. Right. I don't think he's ne- even a, close to the receiving back that, that Gibson could be. And we saw that in week one, that, that uh, 30, 30 yard, maybe it was less than that, but that 30 yard catch he had downfield, um, they can use him like a receiver if they want to. So mm-hmm. I still, I, I still think I, I'm not, I, I could be absolutely completely wrong because McKissick came back, I believe in week three and then, and had uh, much more, uh, had a, a larger target share than McKinnon or excuse me, than uh, the Gibson. Um, so there is that worry that, he's going to get those empty touches in the middle of the field. He's not going to get the receptions and then Robinson's going to come in the goal line, but we are absolutely projecting that goal line role for Brian Robinson based on what we heard coaches right. say we like about him in the preseason. So I still think Gibson's going to lead the team in, in, in total touches from the backfield. So I think, you know, I, I put him in the same category as, uh, you know, obviously a different player and just a different situation, but in that, Running backs I can get for a late second round pick. I think he's a, he'd be fine to spend that on. All right, man. That's that's us talking about every single running back. We like. I, I got, actually got another name to throw at you. Throw at Peter. Sure. What do you what do you what are you, what are your thoughts on Damian Pierce right now? Oh, um, conflicted because I, I laughed a lot after week one. Um, I yeah, I think he's um, I think he's showing that top twenty four upside. Like Damian Pierce did great the last two weeks, but I think we're seeing how that's limited for one, the player Pierce is, and two, 
Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at. I have I have one one share, uh, maybe two actually now. Um, but I was offered like a um, like it was a, it looked like it was probably going to be a late second round pick and a late third round pick for him today, and I passed. And uh, that's probably the the it's probably absolutely fair value, but yeah, for some reason I didn't want to do it for that. That's fair. No, his role the last two weeks has been solid. He's going to score points. It looks like Rex Burkhead died a one-week death, and I am sad about <laughs> it. The waiver wire has been barren this year. Oh, That's something yeah. I've been noticing. Like, There's not been a lot of great pickups. We talked about that on, on the DLF pod this week, actually, and I, I propose that instead of grinding waivers every week in your deep dynasty, if you're playing in like 20 man, 20 roster spot dynasty leagues, sure, grind the waiver wire. But if you're in these 25, <laughs> 28, 32, spend yeah. the time that you would normally spend if it's an hour per league, whatever it might be on waivers. And instead use that time to trade Peter, send yes, out the trade sir. offers. Cause those are going to be, that's how you really make your team better in dynasty. There's what one, maybe two players off of the waiver wire every year that are just difference makers and to spend let's say again, an hour a week on however many leagues you have going over waivers. Like that is a lot of time spent that you could be using to actually improve your team with trades. Um, really appreciate it, Matt. Sorry about my internet service. It sucks. I oh, live no, in Kentucky. It's got a hamster in a wheel over here. That's how it's powered. Um, <laughs> is there anything else going on right now? Or uh, you- uh, the, the 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 Dynasty Game Night Tournament of Champions is going on right now. So that's been fun. Oh, We've had sure. some extremely competitive player competitive uh, matches. We've had, I think, like I don't want to say it's it's half of them, but it feels like half of them have gone to a final tiebreaker where each of the contestants have won a game. <laughs> Uh, so then we have to go to a, a, a like a winner take all kind of question. So it's been really competitive <laughs> and really fun. Um, so check that out. Check out the DLF Dynasty podcast, uh, and obviously check out everything Peter's doing because he's one of the smartest <laughs> people I know. So that's that's sad, Leo. You're 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 you've got like a PhD. <laughs> that cannot be true. Um, no, I was going to say the game night is really fun. I tr- yeah, good luck on it, man. That's 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 a that's a tough crowd to beat. And yeah. really appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast as well, man. Thanks very much. Anytime, Peter. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the play. So, Pete enumerates the plays are analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight. Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. Jake got that, I, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.